The personal is always political and the political is always personal. You're tuned in to Poppin' Policies with R. Jordan Davis. Welcome back to another episode of Poppin' Policies with your host, R. Jordan Davis. Today in the Situation Room, we have Cyrus. He is a staffer within the Florida Legislature. He's an alumnus of Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. Shout out to all the Rattlers. He's currently in grad school, and we talked about state government and the roles that state representatives and state senators play within state government. And so I hope that you learn a lot, and I hope that you enjoy our dialogue. Let's get right into the conversation. As a state legislature staffer, what do you see, you know, with you being inside of the assembly, what do you see is the biggest or as the biggest benefit of state government and why is it so important for people to be involved in voting for their state representatives and state senators? Well, first off, um, thank you just for having me on your podcast. I think that one of the biggest things that I enjoy is that I get firsthand experience of how um, ideas become laws. As we say, we don't necessarily say bills, we say ideas, how they become laws. Um, but I find it so important also that there's public input because when they do talk and discuss about the different ideas at the committee level, there's a time for public input. And that's the time where if the, the idea that you had, you maybe supported it or you disapproved of it, at your local level, you can come to the state or your organization come to the state and you know talk about why it was a good idea or why it was a bad idea, as well as bring other supporters of your um, beliefs. Yeah, for sure. And so with you being a staffer, are you handling a lot of different issues at one time or do are you focused on one issue and all of those issues come to you? Like, how is it? How is it set up within, you know, that office to where all of the concerns of the citizens are being heard and being addressed accordingly? Well, actually, in my position, it, it kind of varies. It really depends upon what calls or emails we're receiving in our office. So in, in one instance, it could be about a resident who is trying to get medical medical records and they're having a hard time going through maybe the department of health who may be over those records um, another case could be someone just needing assistance receiving snap benefits um, currently at my level we're seeing a, a high influx of constituents who have been out of work due to the COVID 19 situation and they've been having a hard time receiving reemployment assistance benefits from the deo so I, I would say, you know, it, it really varies depending upon the times and then during legislative session, that's when we see a large influx of emails come in about a specific bill. Um, usually in, over the past couple of years, the bills where I've seen, seen a lot of emails have been about um, abortion for one of them, alimony payments, um, home rule where they're, they're, you know, people are maybe trying to take away 
some power from local governments and have that power vested in with the state. So it kind of just depends. Would you say that state reps and state senators are kind of like the bridge point between citizens and state government? Or like, could you just go into how their function? What, uh, what exactly do they do and how do they function as representatives of uh, their district? So basically, state senators or state representatives, they're elected officials, meaning the people within their districts have decided, okay, we want this individual to represent us at the state level, at the Capitol in Tallahassee. So they'll come to the Capitol during legislative session and even a year round, it's a year round thing as well. So let me just put that out there first. First, a lot of the times you'll see um, members in the, the houses that they're in, that's usually during the earlier months of the year, but then throughout the year, they may be handling constituent service issues um, that are going on within their communities. But they're there specifically to address the concerns or issues that someone may have, as well as propose new ideas that they think should be uniform across the state. Gotcha, gotcha. And so what would be some advice that you give to constituents when they are looking for help with uh, an array of um, issues? So how, how should they navigate you know, the state assembly? Who, who should be their you know, contact persons um, when it pertains to certain issues? Because I know it can get very confusing for citizens. They don't really know who to go to and they're kind of like, okay, well, I don't know if I should call my state rep, but I'm going to call them. Or I don't know if I should call my congressman, but I'm going to call him. You know, so what advice would you give to citizens who are um, struggling or grappling with where to go in terms of direction for the help that they, that they need on a particular issue? That's a good question. So first, I would try to identify what specifically is the problem. Because sometimes I may get a, a call or an email from a constituent and that, that issue is not really something that can be handled at the state level. Sure. A lot of the times it's at the city or county level. If, you have, if you're having a problem with your, your streets, a lot of times that's at the local level. But if you're having a problem specifically with the state agency, then that's at the state level. But you know, if it is a state issue, First, I would try to go online and figure out who your local state representative or your state senator is. Sometimes we have people, they'll call and email us and they'll say, you know, I have this issue or, or whatnot. And then when we kind of figure out where they're located in the state, they may say, oh, well, I live in Jupiter or I live in Ponte Vedra. But that specific state representative or senator that you're calling, is not over that specific district. So then that's the time where we have to then figure out, okay, who that specific state representative or senator is, get you into contact with him or her and have that specific office handle that situation. And it's not a matter also that we don't want to handle the situation, but it's just a, a sign of respect for that specific office 
that we relay that person to their individual state senator or state representative. Right, they're just proper channels and proper protocol when it comes to handling different issues. And so do you, what solutions would you have for people to know, you know, who is in, who is over that particular area? Um, I don't know if this is a thing in Florida, but is there like a guide for people to go on like the state's website and figure out who handles what? Is there a list of the state representatives and state senators? Um, what solutions would you give to kind of rectify that e issue and to give people a little bit more uh, help when it comes to finding the correct person to voice their concern to? Good question also. So actually on our house website, we do have that, that um, area listed where you can go on, put in your address and find not only your state representative, but it will show your state senator as well as your um, federal level congressman or congresswoman and state senators. So we do actually have that on um, the Florida legislature websites. Our specific supervisor of elections office, they provide pamphlets in their offices that state, okay, not only who your state representative and state senator are, but they also state your county commission or your city commission. Yeah, that's, that's really good because I know it can be very overwhelming for citizens especially if they're not familiar with political structure, and especially if they're much older and don't really have access to internet. I know, uh, especially like in Southern states, and those Southern states usually will have um, some rural cities and just internet connection and just the ability to have Wi-Fi is very limited in those areas. And so it can, it can become very confusing for those citizens. So that's really good information. What do you have to say about um, elected officials, particularly state representatives and state senators who are not uh, career politicians? And so basically they are regular citizens, but they see a void they see a need for change, and so they run for office, they win the seat. How, do, how does a staff really you know, work um, with that state representative or that elected official in making sure that they are on top of everything that they need to be on top of because they're foreign to this? This is something that they're new to. So yes, they're the boss, but they're still having to learn. So how does a staff really cater to the needs of not only the constituents, but the member as well. Yes, so we actually have a lot of elected officials that aren't career politicians. Some may have been attorneys, some may have been doctors, and sometimes that can be tricky when they're coming into an environment where, as they say, they're almost kind of drinking from the water hose or the, or the fire hose, as they say. And it's just a matter of getting to create a, a a good line of communication between yourself and that specific member. I would also say that you have staffers that work at the committee level within each individual house. So 
the House of Representatives, they have committee staffers who are, are budget chiefs and, and all these other different things. They can speak also with the committee staffers on how, how things should be, be ran as a state representative or state senator. And then also you have former state senators who may have been representatives or vice versa that can kind of act as mentors for the newly elected officials. So it's kind of a, a, a toss up where you're taking in input maybe from legislative staffers that have experience that have spent more than three, four, five, ten 10 years working in the legislature. You're taking experience from the committee staff that have been there for an X amount of years. But then you can also take um, advice, if you will, from formerly elected officials or elected officials that are still there that can serve as mentors. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of state uh, elected officials, particularly state representatives and state senators, that I wish the U.S. government or the U.S. Uh, US House of Representatives and U.S. Senate would uh, kind of copy. You have everyday people in these positions um, advocating for those people whom they're closest to um, and who they know. So they're not career politicians. They're not lawyers. They're not doctors. Mm -hmm. These are, you know, pretty much everyday people. And I wish, um, and I'm seeing that now, you know, with the election of um, AOC and some other newly elected members of Congress, you know, they're not these cookie cutter politicians. And I love that. So I would just love to hear your take on, you know, shifting away from this elitism uh, in politics and where do you see that going? Where do you see the future of, you know, the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate in terms of cookie cutter politicians, but having an array and a diverse um, Congress of many backgrounds, of many professional backgrounds and of many, you know, just life experiences? How do you feel about that? actually would would welcome that um not all the time is it that you see someone who has been a server or been a nurse if you will that decides hey i'm going to run for congress or i'm going to run for a u.s senator so i would really invite those people to if, if they really want to run and they see that there's a need for a change I would definitely invite them to join into these races. I will say that you probably will have a little bit of tension between members who have been there for X amount of years versus the people who are just coming in and, and it's their first time ever running for office. Right. There probably would be some form of tension because you have someone that's coming in, they're trying to, you know, just, kind of take over or, or not take over, but they have a different input. And so they're going to kind of clash, but it still is, is needed and vital. And it's kind of apparent that people in, in different districts, they want somebody that's going to be a change. They want somebody that is not a career politician. If we think about it, technically, the president of the United States that we have currently He's not really a career politician. He was someone that came and wanted to make a change, if you will. Now, the type of changes that he's, he's making. Real loosely right there. <laughs> right. That's, that's another topic for another day, because 
you know, we don't even have enough time to discuss that. But it was clear that certain people that decided to vote for that individual said, I want to see something different. So if people want to see something different at that level, imagine what people want to see at their congressional levels or at their, or their state levels and also their local levels, such as city commission and county commission. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times people will say, oh, run. Oh, you should run for this. But they don't understand how much work goes into it and how much funding goes into running a campaign. Um, so can you talk a little bit about um, campaigning and what that looks like from a financial standpoint and just an overall organizational standpoint in order to be uh, effective in the race and actually have a chance in winning the race? Yes. Yeah, so honestly, I've, I've not necessarily been thinking about running for myself, but I say to myself every now and then, if I were to run, what do I need to do? And the first thing that I think about is I need to have money. You know, I'm, I'm still a recent um, undergrad student recently or recent graduate from undergrad. And now I'm a graduate student. And even then, I think about the, the costs that I have to incur while being in school. But being an elected official or, or running for office is a whole nother ballpark because right. you have to have money set up. You have to find donors. Sometimes with donors that you want to, to have, they're expecting for you to make certain improvements and they, they may have a, a sort of deal with you where, you know, I, I help you in this way, but I'm expecting these type of, of, of policy changes, if you will. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a process. And then there's also the legal aspect of it. You can't just, you know, ask certain people from, for money. You can't go to your church right. and say, oh, I need money um, for my campaign. You can't go to nonprofits. That's a quick way to go to jail, at least in the state of Florida. I don't know about Georgia and other states, but you can't do that here. So it's a process in itself. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, not a lot of people know about all that goes into running. And so it's very easy to say on face, oh, you should run or I'm thinking about running. But I really wanted to encourage people to do their due diligence. If this is something that you're interested in doing, go out, seek the information that you need and run for it and put yourself out there. Because um, like I said in another episode, you know, uh, I'm seeing a big push with grassroots movement movements and grassroots campaigning. And uh, I think that is going to be the new wave. I think there's so much strength when you can just have a huge support system from the people that you're about to impact and you're going uh, to bat for. I think that just makes the world of difference when they can see you and they know where their money is going and you know mm -hmm. where you're getting your money from. Exactly. And you have an allegiance to the people that you're serving. So it's not, you know, self-interest or um, company or corporate interest involved as well. So that's a really good point. And can I, can I touch on that specifically about Absolutely. the grassroots? Yeah. I think I just want to put out this disclaimer because I'm actually in a course where we're, we're discussing fundraising. Grassroots movements, they're, they're great. They get a lot of people energized. But the one thing that my professor mentioned to us about grassroots is you may have all these different people and you have all these these different groups and coalitions supporting you but it means nothing if you're not able to one garnish enough money or, or gather enough money if you will 
And two, if the people don't go and vote for you. So you built up this, this big momentum of, you know, oh, I'm, I'm leading a campaign where I'm not taking corporate dollars and all this other stuff, because right now that's what we call in, in the, the political world, that's, that's sexy, right? But it means nothing if you're not able to get people to actually go out and vote. Right, right. That's how you win an election. You exactly. win it from votes. People really don't care how money, how much money you have. Money is great to achieve. Money is a vehicle, vehicle, um, but it is not the end all be all. So that's a really great point. It's time for us to kind of close. So as always, you know, I want to allow my guests to share their socials where people can keep up with you and find you. Um, and I'll let you do that now. Thank you once again for having me. So my socials are Facebook and LinkedIn. You can find me there, Cyrus Calhoun III. I think one of the biggest things I wanna touch on, even though you may work for, let's say a Democrat or Republican and you're their staffer, that doesn't mean you can't establish relationships with other legislative staffers who are a part of another party as well as not just legislative staffers that are from a different party, but you can also build relationships with um, lobbies that may be from a, a different party or have That's different really viewpoints. I, it's just, big, it's just a big thing to establish relationships as a whole because you never know where you may end up being, where you may wanna go. And that person may say, you know, this is something that I can see, see for, you know, so-and-so doing because, you know, they have a, a drive, they have a work ethic, they have a skill, despite the fact that maybe they're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent. You know, I want to say that definitely build relationships, not just with people that are in the same party as you, but with other party staffers. And I would say another thing too in terms of running for office, I would definitely kind of do some soul searching and say to myself, is this something that I can do? Is this something that not only I can do, but I'm willing to put my family through? Because while you're running for office, people are going to research you, but they're also gonna research maybe your wife or your husband or anybody that's in your family. And they may use something that happen to them to discredit you while you're running for office. So it's definitely something that you want to have that conversation with not only yourself, but with your family members. Yeah. And I think you brought up a great point in terms of making connections across the aisle, just how polarized politics is now. And I really hope that this podcast can lessen the polarization of it. Um, at least, just a bit because relationships are so important, especially in politics. It's amazing what happens when um, there's a bipartisanship effort. It is amazing what happens when there is unity on an issue and, you know, one party, one member isn't, you know, reaching below the bill and punching below the bill because of their party, but they really want to see this issue go through because it's something that they fundamentally believe in and they're willing to help. Exactly. Hit. 
Shout out to Cyrus for stopping by Popping Policies to teach us and learn us about this legislative process and how it all works at the state level. I appreciate you and I wish you nothing but the best in your future endeavors. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Y'all already know what to do so that we can get the word out about Popping Policies because we're always on and popping. Speaking of on and popping, have you checked out our merch store? I need you to go to our link tree, click on the shop popping policies, check out our designs. I do not think you'll be disappointed and pop out in some popping policies merch. Okay, get with the wave. We got to make this thing big because the information here is so valuable and so important. And I just would hate for anyone to miss out. So again, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Poppin' Policies Podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at I am our Jordan for more updates on episodes as well as their air dates. Learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed. See you next time on Poppin' Policies with R. Jordan Davis. <laughs>